band of Christian soldiers fighting Satan every day. We're standing up for Jesus while we're kneeling down to pray. If his precious blood has cleansed you and washed away your sin, that makes you a member of the blood-washed band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood-washed band. I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood-washed band. God's children are advancing, marching till we reach the goal. For the battle's almost over, we'll soon be going home. I can hear the sound of angels as the saints go marching in, singing praise to the captain of the blood-washed band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood-washed band. I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood-washed band. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood-washed Appreciate that. Oh, Brother Joaquin's going to come, and as he makes his way up here, Brother Joaquin's been a very faithful member of the church here and uh, jumps in in any way he can. And uh, there's oftentimes, especially in the youth department, I call upon him to help out, and man, he jumps right in. He'll, if you just give him a task, he'll plan it out. He'll get the things he needs, and appreciate that. Somebody who, uh, as our church is full of them, but uh, you know, people who will just jump right in and do the work. And uh, he's faithful, faithful soul winner, and. Um, Anything else I can say to embarrass you before you get up here? Nothing else. I've covered it all. All right. No, but I do mean it with all sincerity. And I appreciate Brother Joaquin, his good spirit, and uh, looking forward to what the Lord's laid on his heart this evening. Second Corinthians chapter 10. It is definitely an honor and a privilege to be able to come up here. I you know, think of uh, the guys that the pastor has on staff here at the church and and although I'm not on staff, he allows me this opportunity to be able to come up here. It's definitely an honor and a privilege, and I certainly do not take that lightly. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read first. Uh, you go ahead and turn there, but I'm going to read first from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And what I'm going to preach about tonight is nothing new. It's nothing that you haven't already heard before. But um, sometimes it's good to go back to the basics, I suppose. And I'm sure if you listen... Um, like I said, it's rudimentary stuff, but if you'll listen, I'm sure you'll be able to grab at least something small from it that I surely hope that you can take and apply to your life. <clears throat> so once again, I'll be reading from 2 Timothy 2, 3-4 to begin with, say uh, in 2 Corinthians. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, But I beseech you, uh, beginning verse 3 rather, sorry, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
And for those of you who are wondering, yes, we are speaking about the spiritual warfare that we face each and every day. Um, not necessarily going to focus so much on the armor of God, although that will be mentioned, but just the fact that we are in a real war. Just because it's not physical doesn't mean it's not real. So before we go any further, I'd like to go ahead and pray. Father, I come before you right now very humbly, knowing that in and of myself I'm not worthy to come before your throne. But I do plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And God, it's only through him that I can come before you. And I'm asking you right now to please be with me as I speak. God, not that I'm anyone special or anything special, but I am preaching from your word. God, I ask you please just use it to, to maybe help someone or encourage someone along the way. We pray this in your name. Amen. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. No, we are in a real battle. I want to start off with telling you a story. And this is a story that Mr. Jurgen told me. And so you know it's going to be crazy. So, he tells me the story of two guys who were over in Vietnam. And this is a true story that he witnessed firsthand. Two guys who were over in Vietnam. Brothers, am I right? They were brothers. And um, I don't know if they were, they were jocks or if they were just morons. I really can't tell you. But these guys decided that it would be a great idea to play catch with a live grenade. So they're standing wherever they're standing, around the barracks, I believe is what he said, around the barracks, and they're just tossing it back and forth. Lots of fun, you know. Uh, let's toss around a live grenade. Best thing I could think of on a boring Vietnam day. Let's toss around a live grenade. So they're doing this back and forth, and somehow, in some way, the pin falls out of this grenade. Now these are soldiers, U.S. soldiers, who are trained to fight, who are over in Vietnam, knowing that there is a war going on. And they're tossing around a live grenade. And as I said, that pin falls out of the grenade. Obviously, the, the grenade goes off and kills both of those men. Needless, really needless death. Should not have happened. But the problem was, is they became careless in the fight. They became careless in the war that they were supposed to be fighting. Those grenades... We're supposed to be used as a tool, a way for them to be able to conquer the enemy. But instead it became something that was destructive to them because they were not using it the right way, because they were not taking it seriously. A grenade obviously is no toy. It's not something to mess around with. It's not something to fool around with. But because these guys, I don't know, maybe they got bored. Maybe it was a, a slow day for them. Maybe they had no job assignments. I don't know. But they, they got careless in the battle. They didn't take the battle seriously. You know, I'm, I'm afraid that too often we don't take the battle seriously. It, and it's a real battle. I don't want to have to tell you time and time again, but I don't think we understand it sometimes. It is a very real battle. Just because you can't see with your own physical eyes the spiritual world does not mean it's not there. Just because you cannot actually see the fiery darts of Satan, the, the attacks of, of the devil, the attacks of his demons, does not mean it's not real. It's probably even more real because the spiritual is eternal. And you know, we are in a war this very minute. And each and every day you fight a battle of that war. And you know, you have to choose to fight. Just because they were over in Vietnam didn't mean that they were fighting. Didn't mean they had to fight. They could have fled. Those, those two guys were playing around with this grenade. They didn't have to be there in, in one sense. I understand they're in the military. That's where they got shipped to. But they didn't have to, to, to fight right then and there. They could have chose to go AWOL. They could have chose to, to be deserters. 
you know, each and every day you have to choose to get in the fight. Amen. You have to choose that you are going to stand up against Satan, against his attacks. Just starting off, I want to remind you that we are in a daily battle with Satan. He's out to seek and destroy. He is called the roaring lion for a reason. He wants to kill you, spiritually speaking. He wants to destroy you. He even wants to kill you physically. He doesn't care. He just wants you out of the picture. If you're, especially if you're doing something for Christ, he wants you out of the way. And you're in a war against Satan. You're also in a war against yourself. Each and every day, you're supposed to die to self. Paul said, I die daily. So each and every day, you're in a war against your own flesh. I think too often we give the devil way too much credit. Because sometimes it's just our own self, our own human nature, if you will, the fallen man that, that is what's bringing us down, that brings us down. We have something that maybe we're more susceptible to falling into, something that just gets us down time and time again. Just, oh, the devil got me again. Uh, your flesh got you there, sir. Your flesh got you, ma'am. You're, you're not fighting against it, and so you're falling. And you're, you're in a fight against sin because sin is running rampant in the world. I mean, we, we all tend to speak doom and gloom because of some, something's bad happened, another Supreme Court decision, another uh, civil rights decision, uh, another just something coming up that's really, oh man, this world's going bad. You're right, it is going bad. The, the Bible tells us it's going to go bad. Why is that a surprise to us? But it doesn't mean we have to stop this fight. It doesn't mean we back down. I guarantee you time and time again when throughout the wars of the U.S. history, when, when the things seemed bad, when things didn't seem to be going the way that the, the soldiers planned, the Marines planned, whatever it was, they didn't stop to fight and say, you know what, we lost this one battle. Let's just, let's just call the whole war. Let's, it's over. I'm done. I give up. No. There is still an entire war. Just because you lose one battle doesn't mean you're, you're, you're done. Don't, don't let that get you down. You're still in a battle. You're still in a war. So we're fighting against Satan, self, and sin, but you're fighting for the Savior. And in case you haven't read the book, I've read it. I've read the end. We win. So, so just keep that in mind, that you are on the winning side. Just like the song that we sing, we, we are already winners. Just You have to accept the victory. Just like you accepted salvation, you have to accept it through Christ. It's not your own works. It's not your own goodness. It's not anything that you personally could do. But it's what Christ has already done. You're in a fight with this, or fighting for the Savior. You know, you're fighting for the saints too. Your brothers and sisters, the, your family members that are right here, right now. You're fighting for them. You know, Paul said, lest I become a stumbling block. Paul's fear was that some things that he may do, whether right or wrong, you know, God, God would uh, speak to you speak, as he spoke to Paul, just his own, the Holy Spirit leading. But whether right or wrong, Paul said, I, I'm going to fight. And I want to make sure that I'm an exemplary soldier. I want to make sure that people can look up to me. And they see me and they say, oh, you know what, there's someone I can actually look up to. There's someone that, uh, he, he's in the fight for sure. And you're also fighting for the solution. Of course, that solution is Christ. That solution is Jesus Christ. There's no other way, no way around it, no way under it, no way over it. When only through Christ. You're in a fight. I, I got to tell you, you can't fool around this fight. It, it is, it's war. When those soldiers, wherever they may be, whatever war it may have been, when they're fighting against the enemy, do you think they're sitting there, guns just casually flopped over their shoulder, standing up when they're supposed to be in a foxhole? 
standing up when they're supposed to be looking for cover, enemies firing back at them. Do you think they're, they're just taking it lightly? If they did, they died. If they did, they got wounded. Because it was war. It was a battle. And they knew they had to take it seriously. You cannot fool around the fight. Because if you fool around the fight, you're going to leave a hole. Here's what I mean by that. Ezekiel 22, chapter 30. I think Brad touches on this on Saturday, if you were here. He said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. You see, if you're messing around the fight, you're going to leave a hole. There's a gap in the line where you were supposed to be standing. Because God gave you a special talent. God gave you a special purpose. Each and every one of you, no matter what you think about yourself, God thinks highly of you and He wants to use you. And so if you're not in your spot, it's noticeable. Because there's someone here, there's someone here, and there's a hole. And then there's someone here. Who's standing in that gap? Who's standing there? You fool around the fight, you're going to leave a hole. You will leave a hole, but you also cause harm. Joshua 22, chapter chapter 22, verse 20 says, Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? And wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel. And that man perished, not alone in his iniquity. See, Achan, just one time, just one time as recorded in Scripture, he didn't fight against the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, whatever you want to label it under. One time he decided, I'm not going to do battle today. I'm tired. We just defeated Jericho. We've been marching around this thing six, seven days. I'm tired. Just don't feel like fighting. One time he backed down from the fight. It cost him, it cost his family. And it costs the children of Israel. You fool around the fight, it's going to cause harm. And you know, not only can you not fool around the fight, but you can't flirt with sin in the fight. Here's what I mean by that. It's just just a little bit. It's only just a little bit. It's not going to hurt me. I'm a stronger Christian than that. I can handle just a little bit. And the truth is you can't handle anything at all. It's only Christ that handles it through you. But if you're not following Him, where is He? You can't handle it because Christ isn't with you. Don't flirt around with sin. You will get hurt. Proverbs 13.20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You start flirting around with sin a little bit. You get away from the wise and you start walking with the foolish you will be destroyed. Because you're flirting around with sin. You're messing around with it. You're thinking that you can handle it. I think of uh, the verse in Proverbs, uh, chapter 6, verse 20, uh, right around there, I believe. And it talks about, can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Can, and it says a few other things. It says, can one go into his neighbor's wife? Whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Think about that. You are the bride of Christ. If you go out into the world and touch sin... You're not innocent. How can you think that you are? The, the Bible very clearly, clearly put it. You mess around with sin, you're not really in the fight. You're wounding your own self. You're choosing. You're choosing on purpose to lose. 
I don't know about you, but I hate losing. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's chess, checkers, or some major athletic competition. I want to be the winner. I want to be the one who comes out on top. I want to look like the, the greatest athlete, the most intelligent person. I just want to win. But to purposely choose to lose because you purposely choose not to be in the fight, I'm not saying it's going to be easy every time. I'm not saying that every time you're going to have the greatest success ever. I'm not even going to say that every time if you fight, you're not going to come out with a wound of some sort. But at least you can say that I fought bravely for the Lord. At least you can say that God gives the victory. But only if you choose to be in that fight. You know, if you, you flirt around with sin, you will not help. Galatians 5.7 says, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? What, what's hindering you? And, and furthermore, who are you hindering when you're not in a fight? Some of you are more mature Christians. Some of you have been going to church for, for a while now. And whether you like it or not, people look up to you. Whether I like it or not, there are some people who I, I would like to think maybe look up to me. Not in a prideful way, but, you know, I, I'm you know, 23 years old. I would hope that maybe I'm an example to someone younger than me. And whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, we are, are an example to someone. And if they see you kind of giving just a half-hearted effort in the fight, just, well, I, I missed soul winning once. It's, it's no big deal. It was just, it was just not going to happen again. And it goes once a month, and then, and then it just progresses from there. And next thing you know, you're just falling slowly back into sin. You're, you're, fall, you're falling away from the forefront of the battle. And you're hurting someone. Because someone looks up and you say, I thought Mr. So-and-so, I thought Mrs. So-and-so, I thought this person or that person, that they were strong. If they're, if they're supposed to be strong and they're falling, why even try? You think, oh, you're, you're taking drastic measures. Am I, though? How many people have you seen this happen to? I think of, of even in Bible college, the people that you thought were strong, that were, man, that guy, not only is he an A-plus student, but he gets out of here, he's going to the ministry, and he's going to do something big for God. And then he doesn't even finish out the semester. And, and not for a good reason, not because he's sick or, or a family member came down with something or just something drastic. It's just, oh, he was caught doing this? Or even so much as a financial struggle. I know that can, be, that can be really hard and that can be really just shake you a little bit, but just, well, he gave up, but as soon as he left, thinking of one specific instance my, my freshman year, as soon as this guy left, no one forced him to leave. He just started struggling a little bit financially. As soon as he left, though, someone put $600 on his school bill. He gave up in the fight. He gave up. God called you to do something. He will empower you to do it. Let me say that again. God called you to do something. You won't, you won't be able to do it, but God will empower you to do it. Amen. It's not anything you can do. You know, your role as a soldier, and once again, this is so, so basic, so rudimentary. I almost struggled within my heart to, to even preach this tonight. Because you guys know this. I mean, this is the Wednesday night crowd, as they say. You guys have been in church. You guys know You guys know the basics. But your role as a soldier, you're to walk with Christ. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John 
and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There was something different about Peter and John. They had a walk with Christ. They had purposely chosen to live for Christ. They had purposely chosen to to spend their time with Christ and not for themselves. You know, I I guarantee their Bible reading was consistent. Now, I know you can argue, oh, they didn't really have the Bible. But I'd like to think that they had some form of Scripture. Even, Even the Old Testament, you know, that was a very big Jewish tradition to have the Old Testament. Even if they just read Isaiah every day where it talked about Christ giving His life, they they were in their Bible, I guarantee you. They were definitely on their knees praying. And not just this quick little, God, help me through this day, amen. You didn't even take time to get in His presence. But they were really, truly on their knees, seeking to be in the presence of the Lord, because they knew that they were in a battle. And they knew that they needed the strength of the Lord to get them through. They were in His presence with Bible, prayer, and studying. Studying out the Scriptures. Memorizing the Scriptures. Because you have to have it in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You don't sin because it's in your heart. Because you come up to a situation, you realize, whoa, there is definitely something about the Bible in that, and I'm staying clear of that issue. I'm staying clear of that situation. It's in your heart. You've memorized it. You've been a bold witness, and your testimony shows that. You're not just some other guy on the street like, there goes another person. No, it's like something different about that person. I don't care if it's, you know, maybe your dress, how you, your, your speech. Just your overall, there's something different about that person because they'd spend time with Christ. Even, even go so far as to say, battling with your thought life. I'm not, I'm not even saying it has to be gross, blatant sin. Just even so much as, I do not like that guy's tie. <laughs> oh, man, I'd like to just, mm, right in the face. What's the problem? You're, just, you're thinking something just rude. Something mean. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything big. Just, you're in a battle. You've got to show yourself to be someone different because you have a walk with Christ. Also, you must wear the armor. And this is why I told you it would come in. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I'm not going to go through the list detail by detail, but you guys have heard this over and over. You've got to wear your armor. You've got to put your armor on each and every day. Each and every day you're in a battle. It would be foolish for any soldier, any Marine, any person seeking to defend his country. It'd be very foolish for, for him to go out ill-equipped, on purpose, 
for, for him to know he's going into a firefight and just decide, you know what, I'll just go out with my fists. I'm sorry, but you have a better arsenal over here. You could take your, your AR-15, you could take your hand grenade, you could take any choice of these weapons, but instead you, st- you choose to go out barehanded, it's not going to work out well for you. So why do we think that we can go out into a spiritual warfare, which is just as real as the physical, say it again, it's just as real as the physical, so why do we think that we can go out into this spiritual war without the, the arsenal that God has provided us with? And you hear it all the time. You don't hear anything in this passage about there being protection for your back. And it's because you're not supposed to turn and run. But let me take it a, a different direction here as well. There's no protection for the back because you're not supposed to be getting hit from the back. Meaning, you're standing in a straight line with your fellow soldiers. You shouldn't have to worry about a fellow soldier putting you down. Think about that for a second. You, don't have to, you shouldn't have to worry about a fellow church member spreading gossip about you and stabbing you in the back, as the saying goes. There's, there's no armor for the back for that reason as well. I want to tell you, it's not just because you're not supposed to turn tail and run. But you shouldn't have to worry about your fellow brothers and sisters tearing you down when you have a battle going on in front of you. Just food for thought. Wear your armor. You know, wage war daily. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You don't really have a choice whether you want to be in the battle or not. Once you've, once you've received Christ as your Savior, you're in the battle. You volunteered to be in God's army. He's not going to draft you. He's not going to force you. But once you volunteer, you are in the army now. And whether you want to fight, there's still a battle going on. So if you choose not to fight that day, you're still getting attacked. And if you're not defending yourself while getting attacked, you're getting hurt. You're getting wounded. You may even become a castaway, as Paul said of some people in the New Testament. You've got to wage war daily. And you must daily prepare yourself for the battle. It's a constant battle. It's a constant war. The war is ongoing. It's going on until the day you die or until the day that Christ returns. There's no end to it until then. So it's daily. Daily you may not be, be hit with major battles. There are many minor battles, little skirmishes, all throughout the wars of history. 